The storied legacy of Mercedes-Benz is rooted in empowered women who've gone on to show the world what they can accomplish. This July, Womanica has teamed up with Mercedes-Benz to feature women who've charted their own paths and achieved greatness. Join us on this journey as we celebrate women who were driven to pursue their passions, even if it meant changing course along the way. This month on Womanica, we're talking about dynamos. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. This month, we're highlighting dynamos, women who've led dynamic lives that have shifted, evolved, and bloomed, often later in life. Today, we're focusing on a woman who chose to study science and mathematics, even when society tried to tell her she was only good for keeping house. She found her own way in a world dominated by men and became a self-taught, preeminent astronomer and mathematician. Meet Mary Somerville. Mary was born Mary Fairfax in December of 1780 in Jedborough, Scotland. Her mother was a devout Christian and rarely read anything other than the Bible. Her father was a sea captain. When Mary was a young child, the family moved to Burnt Island, Scotland. It was a small, quiet town on the sea. In those early years, her father was off fighting in war. Her mother was focused on raising Mary and her older brother, Samuel. One of Mary's earliest recollections took place one August evening in 1783. Her brother was playing on the floor when he called out, Oh, Mama, there's the moon running away. In fact, the moon was not trying to run away. The object shooting across the sky was a meteor. Mary's brother went to live with their grandfather in Edinburgh. There, he attended high school. Meanwhile, Mary was designing her own education. She loved birds and would watch the goldfinches feast on the thistles in their garden. She'd delight in the goofy, fat geese lumbering around the town, the swallows building nests above the windows, and of course, the bird song. Mary was curious and bright, but at the age of nine, she couldn't write, and she was a poor reader. When she was 10, she was sent to a boarding school to learn a woman's education. That involved memorizing pages of the dictionary and wearing a stiff metal frame to improve her posture. Girls and women weren't taught things like Latin or science. Mary stayed there for a year. She graduated with barely improved writing skills and a renewed desire to explore. Back in Burnt Island, Mary wandered the seaside town, examining the sea urchins and starfish and shells that she found. She was seen as a wild child. In another attempt to make her socially acceptable, Mary was sent to a school in the village to improve her needlework. This was not the education she desired, though she was skilled at it. She later wrote that she thought it unjust that women should have been given a desire for knowledge if it were wrong to acquire it. One day, Mary was leafing through a fashion magazine someone had lent her. At the bottom of a page, there was a strange line of letters and numbers. When Mary asked a friend about it, she learned it was called algebra. She couldn't get it out of her head. In 1804, Mary married her cousin, the Russian Admiral Samuel Grieg. They moved to a small home in London, where Mary spent a lot of her time alone. Mary's husband didn't approve of her interest in algebra and science, which made their short marriage difficult. 
He died in 1807, leaving her a widow with two young children. Mary was now tasked with raising her children alone. However, she was also now able to study as she pleased, trigonometry, astronomy, and calculus. By the time she was 33, Mary had gathered a library of books that would teach her what she'd yearned for all these years. She dove in head first. Mary later wrote, I was considered eccentric and foolish, and my conduct was highly disproved of by many, especially by some members of my own family. They expected me to entertain and keep a gay house for them, and in that they were disappointed. As I was quite independent, I did not care for their criticism. By 1812, Mary had married another cousin, William Somerville. Unlike her first husband, William was proud of Mary's scientific prowess. In 1826, when she was in her mid-40s, Mary published her first scientific paper. All of that studying and learning had coalesced into a penchant for astronomy. The next year, Mary started a four-year process of writing a book about astronomy for a general audience. This all happened at a time when there wasn't even a gender-neutral term for someone who studied science. That didn't come about until 1834, when a British historian and philosopher named William Hewell created one, scientist. In fact, William first wrote the word scientist in print when he was reviewing one of Mary's books entitled On the Connection of the Physical Sciences. Over the years, Mary wrote updated editions of the book, In one of those editions, she noted something strange in her calculations of the orbit of the planet Uranus. This suggestion inspired another astronomer to expand on this work, and years later, he discovered Neptune. Mary continued to publish science books. Her fourth came out in 1869 when she was 88 years old. Mary was also always political in her own way. And in her later years, she became outspoken in her support for women's suffrage. At the end of her life, Mary described her own scientific process. If I do not succeed today, I will attack again on the morrow. Mary Somerville died in 1872 at the age of 91. Her contributions to science and her presence are still felt today. A ship, an Oxford college, and an asteroid were all named for her. And in 2017, she became the face of the Scottish 10-pound note. All month, we're highlighting dynamos. For more information, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow.